Welcome to another episode of the AbilityNet podcast. Disability, technology, inclusion. I'm your host, Robin Christofferson, Head of Digital Inclusion at AbilityNet, a pioneering UK charity with a mission to make a digital world accessible to all. You can download a transcript of this episode from www.abilitynet.org.uk slash podcast. So sit back, grab your favourite beverage and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. This episode is an interview that I did with Joe Devon, co-founder of GAAD, G-A-A-D, that's Global Accessibility Awareness Day, if you weren't already aware. And his other co-founder, Jenison Asuncion, is uh, someone we've interviewed in the past as well. But um, yeah, let's just get cracking and hear all about what impact GAAD has had this year. So I am here with Joe Devon, one of the two massive brains behind (laughs) Global Accessibility Awareness Day. How long has it been now? Is this, what anniversary is this? This is the 12th year of GAD. Wow. Uh, So yeah, we're actually recording this after GAD week. It should probably be GAW at the end because it's more like, well, it's more like a month, isn't it really? So um, hence why we're still bothering you even after the manic week of events but yeah so brilliant thank you so much many many um congratulations for another amazing uh you know um event this year so many events have been put on so many um presentations and articles and blog posts so how how has it been for you like looking back last week uh, as as always, absolute insanity. Uh, lots of uh, lots of talks every year. Uh, something crazy happens where you're like, "What?" <laughs> so this year, uh, Jenison and I, along with uh, with uh, his, his musical name is Awal and uh, Coop, have released a, a rap song uh, for Gad. So that was completely unexpected. Never thought <laughs> I would do that. Um, yeah. Wow, is that um, copyrighted or is it creative? Could we put it on at the end of this uh, podcast? Good, good or... question. I'll, I'll hook you up uh, with, with Awal, who's a LinkedIn um, rapper, and uh, he was the brainchild of this. Uh, I, I think that as long as it essentially it's going to go to charity. So I, I don't know all the details on the copyright, but I'll, I'll hook you up and hopefully okay. we can do that. That probably means that you won't hear it at the end of this, guys, but you will be able to go away and find it and then obviously, you know, donate to charity. So, yeah, that's a brilliant, brilliant cause. Amazing. So, yeah, it's been a manic time. I don't know about you, but as well as all the kind of normal public events, you know, public facing events in guard week (laughs) or month, um, I've been seeing a lot more internally facing ones. And I've actually been speaking at more internal events you know within organizations than in previous years so um i don't know if you've been seeing that i mean the the reason why i i kind of flag it is because when it comes to public events people kind of opt in you know they register they turn up and often they're kind of already on that page and feeling passionate about accessibility um but if you're doing it internally, you know, it's to a whole team or maybe a whole department or even a whole organization. So 
I suppose there's more potential anyway of getting to people that, you know, aren't on board and aren't really kind of passionate about digital accessibility already. Have you had any vibe about whether, you know, whether it's public or, or internal or both? Uh, for me, GAD has been internal for years, most of it. Oh, what I mean by that is simply uh, I get asked, uh, Jenison, I'm sure, gets asked to speak internally at organizations. And I really, really dive into that because that means that the organization has put together, has you know, has a head of accessibility, uh, has some kind of program. And I think that my heart is with those heads of accessibility who are sitting there very often, a team of a small team having to support thousands of employees, and they're just doing God's work. And I think that that's amazing. So I would say maybe by the year five, probably by the fifth year of GAD, uh, it got to about half of the events were internal. And by now, there's so many accessibility teams in different companies that I would agree with you. I, I think probably 70% of the events are internal and most people don't even hear about it. Absolutely. And, you know, I've done so many internal facing ones as well as, you know, public facing. But my last uh, event with a guard label is on the 31st. So, you know, this is kind of going right up to it should be guard month, really, shouldn't it? So, yeah. Really, well, really well, good. Well, Amazon, uh, Amazon about six years ago, I think, uh, had, uh, had created uh, GAM. So they're calling it Global Accessibility Awareness Month. Um, Char uh, Char Charlie uh, Riggle created that, and they are doing a month full of internal tutorial sessions uh, in order to train employees on accessibility. And I'm only sharing that because they shared it publicly. So, um, I'm happy to talk about events where they have shared it publicly, but for the most part, it's private stuff and, and uh, you know, we, we keep it uh, out of the news. Brilliant. And of course, we want to get to G-A-A-Y, where basically it's an all year round, you know, everyday part of people's day job. They are confident with what they're doing and the tools they're using and that sort of thing. But yeah, Guard is a brilliant kind of um, springboard for people to get to hear about accessibility and all its kind of varieties and on all the new platforms and that sort of thing. So what do you think are the kind of biggest challenges and maybe opportunities for digital accessibility or digital inclusion, as we like to call it, going forward? So, well, at the moment, what would you say the biggest challenges are? We're definitely making progress. I think, you know, everyone can see that, that we're heading in the right direction. But, you know, there are still challenges out there, aren't there? Uh, I mean, when you're looking at the Web AIM million, where they do this yearly report analyzing the top million websites, uh, it, it was what 98%, 97%, then back up to 98%. And this year, it's 96% of the websites are inaccessible, and very inaccessible. Um, the, mm -hmm. Though I will say that I think that when you're looking at the, the top million, it's a lot of websites. And I think it's important work. But we need to also be looking at where it's changing. And I think we started to see years ago was at the very top end of tech. So the big tech companies, they, which honestly, you know, captures most of our attention, right? Uh, the 80, 20 rule. Um, so there's lots of improvement. Um, and then, and then now with a valuable 500, they've gotten all these CEOs of, of fortune 500 companies to take their pledge, um, and, and to make accessibility, uh, more of, uh, of a serious, 
initiative internally. So I'd say that you're starting to see it being top down, get better and better, but I'd love to see more metrics on it. Um, I, I think that's something that we need to see. So obviously the, the, the challenges on the bottom, uh, let's say 96%, <laughs> uh, we, we need to make it more, make it easier for the individual developer. And uh, to that end, you were talking about making it GAY. Uh, that's the reason that we launched the GAD Foundation because people kept bringing that up. We should be doing accessibility every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had several initiatives, but our mission is to change the culture of digital product development so that accessibility is a core value. Because we can sit here and from the CEO down, uh, dictate accessibility. We care about accessibility, develop accessibly. Um, and then you get the realities of development where there are costs to it and people will uh, cut corners. But culture, you know, culture eats uh, directives for breakfast. And if you have a culture that says, hey, there's an open source project and it's not accessible. And then the peers are saying, oh, this project, you know, they don't care about accessibility. I don't think I'm going to take this on. There's There's a you have to sort of hit that nerve of the code as craft or design as craft and make people feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I've done something inaccessible. I didn't even know I did it inaccessible and it's because I'm ignorant of it. Like you have to make them feel like this is important. And once you change that culture, then maybe we, you know, they will always fight with the budgets, but you, you, once you have that part of the culture, then you've really turned the corner and that's the big mission. Um, and so to that end, We've launched, uh, I, I did this years ago, the GAD pledge, um, and then, and then we forward, folded into the foundation. So Facebook took the first pledge to make React Native accessible. Um, then Ember.js is another, is a JavaScript framework as it, and then there's a Drupal is another framework. So they took the GAD pledge. And then this year with AI being so big, uh, we went a slightly different direction and partnered with Intel, who took the GAD pledge for the OpenFL Foundation, which is a, a, a model that uh, helps with the privacy of uh, machine learning. So that instead of having breaking all these HIPAA rules and having the private data sent to a central location, they send their models to be trained locally at hospitals and different locations. And then they return back the training data, which is completely anonymized and there's no real like uh, meaty data there. And they've had tremendous success. So they've taken the GAD pledge to make their open source project accessible. And, and we've seen a lot of good work out of, out of Intel. Daryl Adams is doing an amazing job there. That is so brilliant. And I love the idea of, you know, coders, um, UX people taking pride in doing things in an inclusive way because you know they take pride in making things look beautiful mm-hmm. coders you know gone are the days where you get paid by the line of code submitted you know it's been a long time that you know organizations have seen the value of um, quality code over volume of code you know mm-hmm. so um, if you can then really embrace the idea of, of doing things in, a, in an inclusive way as well and taking pride in that that would be really amazing. And you mentioned about ML and let's broaden that out then and talk about AI more generally, because obviously, you know, you don't want to do a kind of a drinking game with people mentioning AI at the moment, otherwise (laughs) you'd constantly be horizontal. But so how would you see AI 
playing its part, maybe on the dev side, on the coder side, or UX, or on the user side? Oh, on everything. I think it's it's uh, not to be cliche, but it's it's revolutionary. What I, what I'm trying to get across to folks is that AI and accessibility are are hand in hand. They, AI is accessibility, and uh, what I mean by that is when you think about disability or impairments, um, and and you think about what artificial intelligence is trying to do, is you've got sensory input. And AI is trying to understand the sensory input. And an impairment is simply some kind of disturbance in that input. So whether that's pictures, the visual uh, inputs, video, or you're talking about audio, um, all of that is what the machine is trying to understand. And what has been transformative is literally transformers. Uh, uh, the, the LLMs came out of transformer technology. And what it is really good at is translating from one type of input to another. So here you are, you're trying to understand the visual uh, of, of a picture or, or a video. You can do automated alt text. And what I, what I want to, I, I, I'm basically trying to work on AI and accessibility. And one, one place where I see it working it, that will change the way that we consume content is imagine you're watching a TV show like Game of Thrones, which has hundreds of characters. And there's some people who remember every character really well. <laughs> I do not remember the name of the characters in a movie during the movie, certainly after the movie. And when I see a new character in Game of Thrones, which I loved, I'd love to be able to stop the video and say, who are you? What episode were you in? Just replay me the scene um, and, and basically query the, 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 the machine, the video to understand from different people's perspective. So this is something that is an audio, like a, a, a different audio description and we probably need a different term for it. And this doesn't exist yet. This is something that I'd love to, to, to build for somebody or, uh, um, or see somebody build out and I, and it's inevitable like this is coming for sure mm-hmm. um so so now here you are you've created something that is for the world of accessibility uh but everybody's going to use it right so it, and and it's all about taking uh information that sensory information that an ai understood and um and uh, and sorry, I'm just uh, thinking out loud as we're talking, I'm realizing it's about ability and disability. So memory wise, you could say that everybody has a disability unless there's the one or two that might have a, a perfect recall. The mm. machine has got a full memory, right? So the fact that you can query uh, and say, hey, where, what episode did you first speak in? That is, you know, taking... Uh, the impairment of being unable to remember everything that we've ever seen and boom, you have that information for you. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's, it's tied in together. Um, and then I'll, I'll finish with the point that as it gets personal to you, if you're, if you're blind, you want to turn everything or most things into audio. And please tell me if you, if you agree with me or not here, uh, cause I would love to, to have a <laughs> challenge to, you know, what I've been saying, but if you're blind, you want to have most things translated to you to audio. If you're mm-hmm. deaf, you want to have most things translated visual. If you're deaf blind, you want to have haptics, right? So 
the AI in the future should be translating all of the inputs and reality. I got this one from Daryl Adams at Intel. Reality will be generated real time Mm -hmm. and you will be presented the right thing at the right time. How does that strike you? Honestly, I cannot wait. Two to three years I've heard people say before we have real time, uh, you know, live transcription or you know um, analysis of of video streams and that might be into well just name your preferred output you know for me it would be audio description um you know better than any human that i have been bothering over the years to tell me what's going on what's going on you know on all those shows that don't have ad um right down to being able to pause it and get infinite descriptions about you know their facial expressions what they're wearing you know some other significant uh, features of the of the video whatever it might be or kind of you know background context to the setting of the show or i don't know whatever it might be um or having it translated into a little video signer in the corner or whatever it might be so yeah i'm that's going to happen like you say i'm really really excited about that um it's like a revolution. It's not an evolution. And some people are obviously a little bit concerned about how fast things are moving, but mm. certainly, you know, at AbilityNet, we have the tech for good awards. And this is definitely an area where AI can be applied for good. Obviously there are nefarious actors as well, but you know, um, it's, it, it's ripe for application to help people overcome whatever their particular sensory cognitive physical impairment are etc so yeah really really exciting what about the application of ai on code you know to help people create better code we've talked about tools like um you know drupal etc it really helps to have a good accessible you know potentially compliant toolkit in the first instance but ai for helping people with code ai for testing for compliance against the web content accessibility guidelines how about that that's that's all starting to get better. I wouldn't say that it launched uh, with accessibility. Uh, I've tested GPT-3, 3.5. It did, uh, I, I lightly tested it. I won't say it was a, a something like serious for a report, but I was just like, hey, generate some, some code for me, some HTML. Um, and then what I found with 3.5, it was so-so. Um, probably better than than the average coder, but it, it, it needed some work. Uh, GPT-4 is not perfect, but it, it, was, it also got better. Uh, Copilot, not perfect, but got better. But if you specifically query it and ask it to do things accessibly, it does way better. Um, yeah. And then... And then I saw some announcement from Microsoft or GitHub about uh, about a accessibility co-pilot thing. I, I didn't have time. Obviously, it's been been a pretty busy month, but um, I, I I know that they're I'm, I'm positive that they're working on that, and that's gonna gonna be massive improvement. Um, so, and co-pilot for those who don't know is a coding assistant, an AI coding assistant. So the, the day that that spits out code that's accessible by default. Uh, that's a huge game changer, no question mm-hmm. about it. Um, in terms of the automated tools, that's been the holy grail, really, of of getting the percentage that automated up. Um, I I think that um, I think the cutting edge uh, that probably isn't really out there yet uh, is probably at eighty percent, um, and and I think it can I think it can go up from there, um, mm-hmm. but we'll see. 
We'll see. Give it a, give it yeah. a few years. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, the best accessibility, you know, automated checkers can't touch JavaScript. So, you know, there's plenty of room for AI to really get stuck in there and, and help remedy issues at source rather than, you know, overlaying uh, fixes when it comes to the user client, like the browser or whatever it might be. So, yeah, and talking about overlaying. Wait, wait, Robin, before you go there, let, let me just interject one more thing here. So um, I think that we're one other thing that we're going to see is that AI is going to be um, sort of a new uh, a, a new screen reader uh because you're going to be able to point to a URL and it's going to some, I mean, you can already sort of do it today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the be my eyes app, that is going to be a real big game changer when it comes out of beta. I mean, they've got some interesting things cooking. If you've seen some of the, the news releases um, and some of the video um, Microsoft re- released information there, that's going to be a game changer. So I would definitely uh, download be my eyes and watch that closely uh, are, are you a user? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we actually interviewed Mike Buckley, the oh, CEO great. of Be Be My Eyes, last week. I think it's going to go out after this one, though. So, yeah, it's going to be a weird chronology there, but absolutely, that is going to be an absolute game changer. And I have heard that too, that it's going to be you know almost supplanting uh, other UIs or other kind of ways of interacting with technology, a bit like you know smart speakers brought in the age of ambient computing where you can just talk to the air. You know, this, this de- these large language models are really in their element when you are just dealing with language and, you know, you can query uh, a website rather than having to just mess around with um, pages of code and that sort of thing, yeah. you know, and you can, you don't even need to know anything about that website except that, you know, you can buy stuff on it, for example, and you could say, you know, find me such and such on this website and, you know, buy me that thing and uh you know using the um payment details of my choice whatever it might be i'm really excited about that too absolutely yeah yeah cool um overlays just very quickly not to bring the conversation down too much but i definitely see those as one of the challenges today and maybe going forward because for people that aren't aware these are bits of code that web owners uh, embed in their website that can change the presentation of the page. In some cases, it can change the, you know, how the page is formatted and coded for screen reader users, for example. And they have pluses and minuses. What's your thoughts on their use? You know, the the first thing is how do users feel? And I think that that's a question to ask users. But if you're looking at uh, at uh, Twitter, whenever there's a hashtag or uh, a lot of these companies, you know, you can look at the responses and decide for yourself if it's working. Um, but taking a look at it from both a business perspective as well as a technology perspective, um, my take on it is there's some good things there. Um, it's it's AI based, uh, which I think they they uh, they really overplay. Mm-hmm. But the 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 approach for an overlay to me would be an assistive technology. And that means that the user installs it on the user side, and then you can get used to the tool and how it works and what you're, how, how you configure the setting. That's the appropriate solution. Like any, any piece of the features that work well, that should sit on the client side um, that needs to use it. 
But instead, if you're having it installed uh, as a line of JavaScript to tell a business that you can pay X hundred dollars a month uh, and then you don't actually have to care about accessibility and that this is going to solve the problem is really uh, it's a it's the business model that makes most sense for what for the technology they've got. But if the if the idea is to solve the problem, then they're approaching it on the wrong angle, because now as a user, you, I don't know how many overlay companies there are, probably 10, 15, and they keep growing. Um, so now you have to configure on every single uh, website, uh, brand new, you have to configure what works for you. You have to learn the system in all these different places. So imagine if, uh, uh, if a, 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 somebody that's not a screen reader user has to go in and the browser changes on them in every single website. Mm-hmm. That's really what it seems to me the experience would be with the approach they take. So first of all, it's a shame because there is, there is some technology there. I, I, I believe that there is, and I know that there's pieces of it that, that might be helpful, but the approach is wrong be- to me because you're going to the, to, to, you know, like I said, you're going to the website and you have to learn a brand new system every time. In addition, um, I, I've seen where it messes you up when you're trying to fix, like I, I, I've had some clients where they're getting sued and they, they wanted their websites fixed and we're trying to fix it. And then they had a, a, a what do you call it? A settlement. Uh, where they had to install one of these uh, overlays and the overlay was clashing with the fixes that we need to put. And so, you know, it, it really puts you, it puts the client in a real bad bind because if they remove the overlay, then they're breaking their settlement agreement. Um, and if they don't remove the overlay, it, it can be a struggle to fix <laughs> the underlying website. And so one thing I would just say is do not sign any settlement agreement yeah. that, that prescribes that you, you put an overlay to fix it because then you're really stuck. Yeah. Or at least garner feedback from you end users about the popularity or the efficacy of these overlays before signing anything. Absolutely. I mean, as a screen reader user myself, one of my worst fears when I hit a website is that not only is there a one of these overlays present, but that the screen reader compatibility mode is kind of on by default because it detects that I'm using a screen reader. And that, you know, the, the, the degradation in user, in usability and the, the likelihood that I'm going to be able to turn it off is really low. I might as well just leave that site well alone and, and go elsewhere. It's basically killed that site for me. So, yeah, I think screen reader users, we're the hardest customers to cater for, probably the least well-served in my opinion, anyway, by these overlays. I'm sure they look really sexy in what they can do for, you know, low vision users, et cetera. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was a really good answer. Thank uh, you, you so know what? much. I'll add something else that I've never shared publicly. One of, one of, the, uh, one of these um, overlays, uh, a venture capitalist that wanted to invest in them uh, wanted my opinion on it. I gave my opinion and they were just saying, look, it's AI. It just solves it automatically. You know, can I just show you? And I'm like, okay, show me. And then they go into to a really big brand site that has it installed. And I didn't really have to tell them anything because they tried. To, I said, here, try to use this, turn this on, turn that on. It did not take five minutes and they saw it was broken. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there you have it. They demo well, I'm sure. But, it did uh, not. Yeah. It did not. Da- well, oh, you mean when they do their yeah. <laughs> when the when yeah. the salesperson is right, yeah, right, doing right. their thing? Yes. Hmm. 
Cool. Okay. Well, let's wrap up then. Um, any, have you got any kind of aspirations about guard and where it might go in the future or, you know, by all means broaden out to accessibility, although we have kind of talked about the excitement around AI and its potential, but yeah, what, what are you most excited about, about the future? You know, for, for me, I don't approach it. Uh, like I, I, I believe in celebrating GAD, don't get me wrong, but I am pretty mission driven. And for me, like that 96% always bothers me. I, I don't want like all this celebration without making sure that there is um, effort toward the, the um, changing of the culture. Right. So, uh, I'm just focused on that, honestly. Um, and, and I think we're making a lot of strides. Uh, I think AI will change the game in the next year. Mm-hmm. So by next year, the entire landscape will look different. And I have no idea what it's going to look like um, for the world of accessibility, but I believe that it's going to, to, to bring lots of improvements. Um, but we really have to keep on working on the cultural uh, issues. And, and I will add something that a lot of the culture around um, building digital products lives on GitHub. And I'm mm-hmm. so happy they hired Ed Summers to head up accessibility there. And he is doing an amazing job in already a very short period of time. And I believe with some of the things that he's working on, um, that we're going to start to see that cultural shift. And for that, I'm really excited. Cool. And Microsoft announced a, a GitHub co-pilot this week. So yeah, they oh, have great. so many. <laughs> Really amazing. Uh, Cool. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Before we let you go, do you want to tell people where they can find you if you want to be found or if you want to plug anything else, feel free. Uh, Sure. I'm I'm at Joe Devon pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm heading up accessibility for Formula Monks, uh, which is uh, part of uh, Media Monks. um, And we're building, uh, we're working on AI for accessibility product. So if anybody's interested in exploring some kind of AI uh, accessibility work, please do hit me up. Uh, and, and the best is probably to send me a DM on LinkedIn. And again, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Joe Devon. Fantastic. Thank you, Joe. Uh, it's probably not your last guard related interview, but yeah, keep it up. Nice one. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Robin. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AbilityNet podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can make your websites and mobile apps more accessible, easier to use by all, and compliant with current legislation, you can speak with AbilityNet's accessibility experts. Just head over to www.abilitynet.org.uk slash accessibility hyphen services. Thanks again for tuning in and more hot discussions around accessibility will be coming soon.